Hi, my name is Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat, and this is Ali Cat bringing you Bampop Productions podcast. Well, Catherine, this is your podcast today. Mm-hmm. What do you have for it? Well, <laughs> it wasn't your podcast. I just put you on the spot. Well, I said we should try one. Mm-hmm. What's really the focus of the news in the UK at the minute? Yeah, is the resignation of our Beloved, yet useless and incompetent Prime Minister, Mr. Boris Johnson. Not really that beloved, to be honest. Probably not that beloved. I mean, his own party have now turned against him, which is never a positive sign, especially in politics where loyalty is paramount to surviving. So Johnson has, as of two days ago, three days ago, handed in his resignation. I believe he's going to serve until... September? Yeah. Or at least for a few months. Um, there is a leadership bid, as far as I know. Um, Sunak has resigned, and, you know, the worm that he is, he's put, in his, he's, uh, put his hat in the ring. Uh, but, you know, in light of everything in the newspaper about him and his wife and the wife's family and yeah. her family dealing with Russia and, you know tax avoidance, which is very common um, amongst those people that have significant wealth. Um, but amongst all that, you know, I would say that definitely would uh, be held against him. I don't know anyone else is actually in the running that's viable I'll to be, be honest, a candidate. I watched it quite closely in the days running up to his resignation and his actual resignation, but... For the leadership contest, I've kind of I've not been following since then. I know Sunak went in for it, but and a few backbenchers, but there's been a few prominent ones as well. But I don't know who they are. I honestly haven't been haven't been watching it. That said, it's only the hundred thousand or so members of the like paid up members of the Conservative Party get a vote on it. So it's not like, um, it's not like the whole country gets to choose. And to be honest, the the membership of the Conservative Party definitely skews to older white males um, and skews also even yeah. closer to um, to uh, Brexit supporting. So yeah. I wonder if they're going to... Like, the membership at the moment would be great for them, for the Conservatives. They would be good to kind of elect a, a, like a unity leader or someone that can just bring the party together to some degree. But I have a feeling they're just going to keep picking... People like Boris Johnson. That said, I think Sunak's probably about their best bet, although there's not really anyone that feels like there'd be a great leader through this. I don't even think there's anyone really in the front labour, front benches of labour that would be particularly useful at this point in time. It's. Uh, I mean, most people that I can think of that would be in the leadership bid for the Conservatives are, uh, to be honest with you either clowns or they come off as just being really schmarmy and wormy. Mm. Sunak, because of, you know, kind of all these allegations of so-called sleaze and misconduct, particularly on the wife's side, which was bound to end up in the media and will definitely be held against him. Uh, I mean, there isn't really anyone in the Conservatives that, like you said, really springs out to my mind... (laughs) That would be, I don't know, even like a competent leader. 
I mean, you know, you technically want an effective leader, um, but even a competent leader, I can't really... Well, see, actually, I think that some women should, like, put their hats in the ring. I think Liz Truss has, like... Liz Truss, yeah. Liz Truss has kind of... Her, her name has been floated. There's Liz Truss. I think there's also another woman in the cabinet, Pretty Patel. Yeah. I think she was education or was she health? I forget. She was, she was foreign, the right. home office for a while. Yeah. I actually think... Do you know, I, I think Liz Truss comes across as a bit useless. And yeah. And she's made, like, she doesn't... She doesn't feel that strong in things. I actually think Pretty Patel, I don't think she'd be great. I don't think she'd be good for the country at all. Like, she's really sleazy. She has a few corruption cases I know, she's terrible. Her. But I actually think she's probably in a really good position to win as well. Like, she definitely appeals to the the hardliner Brexiteers in the party. I don't think she'd be great for the party. I don't think she'd be great for the country. But I think she'll be popular amongst the people that are actually voting for the leadership. Um, she's kind of very strong-nosed as well and has quite an aggressive stance on kind of the key issues that Conservatives push, like immigration and illegal asylum seekers, that kind of stuff. So you think that Liz Patel has a shot? Uh, Pretty Patel. So you think that Pretty Patel has a shot then? I think so, yeah. Well, I think for the sake of equality, some of the women need to throw their hat in the ring anyway. Um, Pretty Patel probably, I would say, is... I don't know, she seems not more competent compared to Truss, but maybe she could get things done. Truss does come off as being somewhat useless. Kind of mousy and just always kind yeah. of stumbling. Remember yeah. when she told people to go fight in Ukraine and then the defence minister had to say actually that, no, the not defence minister, the um, head of the MOD said, no, that's a really bad, it's illegal, don't do that. Like, yeah, so, like, she doesn't really know what she's doing. Like, I think that she probably doesn't really think very much about the things she's saying, no. which in politics is um, essential. That's quite essential. Um, I, I don't... I don't know. I would rather there were a general election, to be honest. Because I think that, I don't know whether it's just the Conservative Party or whether it's Johnson or whether it's both of them, but I think that there should just be like a clean slate. Although I sometimes I wonder, would, would the other parties be any better? I think that's a really good idea. I actually think that a genuine kind of changing of candidates, getting some fresh faces in, mm -hmm. um, the country probably needs that. Mm -hmm. I actually think maybe something a bit more proportional representation would do mm -hmm. well at the moment, like... I think a minority government that requires the votes of a number of parties to, to govern. Mm. Westminster's not great at that. Like, they have a system that really favours uh, large majorities. Mm -hmm. And it's actually possible to get a majority of seats with, you know, a very small percentage of the vote. Like, it's only about 30% of the vote you need to get a majority, um, which kind of leads to very stable government, very strong, but... To be honest, so many of the parties are so weak at the moment, so divided, that they're not stable anyway. They keep falling apart. It's probably better to have a, a multitude of parties in governance that are able to kind of keep performing the duties of government and keep getting things voted through. I actually think one of the best governments we've ever had in Scotland was the very first term the SNP were in mm -hmm. power in 2007 because it was a minority government and the SNP 
requires the votes of Labour, Lib Dems or the Conservatives to pass anything. So they actually had to go and convince other parties to vote on an issue. And um, it meant there was kind of broad support for mm-hmm. any policies that did go through, which is uh, kind of the way you want it, to be honest. I, I really like that idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I do wonder what this means for the SNP. Because Nicola Sturgeon has been sending out a lot of tweets mm. um, in the past couple of days saying chaos in Westminster. Um, and I've now heard that the SNP, although it's not been cast in stone, but I've heard that the SNP are going to try and call for a referendum yeah. for as early as next year, which I think is too early. I mean, I don't know. I think that's too, I think that's too early. I like that idea, I think. Um, I, I am a supporter of Scottish For independence. For the referendum? Yeah. I am a supporter of Scottish independence. And I have to say, I do like the idea anyway. But um, to be honest, Brexit, I think, changed the conditions materially. This is a hotly contested point. But the idea that Bre- you know, Scottish voters were told that staying in Europe was contingent on mm-hmm. remaining in the Union... That turned out not to be true. And um, I think having a, a second go at it is probably fair. It's quite a big change for, for people to, to get their heads around. There's a lot of people in Scotland still quite keen on, on staying in mm-hmm. the um, the European Union. Yes. Um, and I think she's, she's obviously fair enough to call for it anyway. But um, I don't know about the timing. I think she waited till after the pandemic we've got a very clear idea of how brexit has turned out now and to be honest brexit hasn't been nearly as bad as it was predicted to be um i think maybe some of the negative effects were hidden by the pandemic and other things but to be honest it hasn't been the wholesale collapse or running out of goods that was predicted so um i think it's good like it's probably a better case can be made for the union now than before brexit was implemented um a lot of the absolutely insane levels of um, not shenanigans, but what would you say, like the kind of the absolute mess that Brexit was and trying yeah. to get it through is kind of it's not really dealt with. It's kicked down the road, but it it's stable now. We kind of know what it is. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a good time for it because people know what the results of it were. We're after the pandemic. We can kind of get on with it, and I think. Um, I think the next year or two wouldn't be a terrible time. It lets people have that choice over how they felt Brexit went and um, also, you know, if Westminster's absolutely fucking it up and can't <laughs> hold their shit together, it's probably a good time for people to be able to say, actually, I want to try it ourselves or, you know, not. Too soon? Maybe. Maybe it is too soon. I, I don't know. 2023 seems really soon. I mean... Just coming out of COVID, mm. coming out of kind of this current mess. Although I don't know whether, I think probably the SNP are using so-called, so-called the chaos in Westminster as a launching pad or a launching board as to say, like, we can do better on our own. But I don't necessarily know if yeah, people will fair. necessarily agree with that. I mean, the, I mean... The nationalists would, but 
I don't know if this is kind of like what would be a very yeah. abrupt change in a very kind of messy time would really work. I think 2023 is awfully quick, to be honest. You know, coming out of COVID recovery it. and all this. like I don't know. It just seems very fast. Yeah. But you don't think so? Well, I think... You- I think you're right. They probably are using it opportunistically. Um, however, I do think it's also true as well. Um, it is absolutely chaos down there. And if we can do a better job, I think it's a decent enough chance to, to vote on it. I have to say, though, I'm not too fussed. I don't think there's a massive difference one way or the other. Um, it, typically, I think government works better at smaller levels, smaller mm-hmm. scales. A country of five million is more... Like, it's easier for mm-hmm. you to have democracy at that level than bigger country um that said i'm not overly fussed there's definitely problems with the eu westminster has a lot of good things as well about it um overall right now i'd still vote for independence but i'm not i'm not too fussed either way if it turned out we got a referendum in 10 years or never or you know people still have to just make the best with what they have that's how sort of life goes um i don't like people that vote for independent that push independence as like a utopia or like the world will be perfect mm-hmm. afterwards that's obviously bullshit but Westminster is pretty bad at the moment uh, I, I hate d- the idea that we have a party that has been in power for a long time, we can't seem to get rid of, they can get an absolute majority with uh-huh. 30 to 40% of the vote they can have a huge majority in the parliament, yet the party itself is fractured and keeps breaking, they keep voting in new leaders, they can't hold themselves together Um it's it's ridiculous that there's a system where a party can be that unstable and hold an absolute majority. That's mental to me. I think that probably needs to be addressed, actually. But that's probably more the political system of the UK as a whole, it right? Is. I, and I don't think independence is now to that. I just think that's... I really like your idea that what we really need is a clean slate. And I would actually yeah. go further and say probably a new voting system where it's more proportional. What, how would you describe the current voting system in the UK as a whole so it's a system called first past the post at Westminster so every seat every MP runs in their own race and mm-hmm. whoever gets the highest percentage in that area that constituency gets the, the position and no one else gets anything so you know if there's 10 candidates running there it's conceivable that someone would get um voted into power with the 11% of the vote like you don't need a huge percentage to um to actually like win it and there's no prizes for coming second whereas in Scotland you know the second place parties tend to get quite a lot of seats like it rewards people for coming second or third in people's preferences and you get a a wider variety of voices in the parliament so Scotland's more first past the post then? No, that's no it. it's less past the post. Yeah. So Scotland is more proportional. proportional. Yeah. But then there's also what they call, is it the dual system or the West Lothian rule where there's one representative. So they have the parliamentarians for SNP and then the parliamentarians in Westminster. Yeah. So the Conservatives so it's two in different. Mm-hmm. Scotland can sit in the Parliament here, but they can also sit they can, yeah. in the Parliament in Westminster. Um, you also, so the, the, the actual method of counting the votes in Scotland at the Parliament is called the Dehaunt system, but it's just a way of um, dividing up the seats. It's, 
it's actually not that complicated, but I don't understand it fully. But it's um, it's a way of um, spreading people's preferences amongst them. See, there's two votes in Scotland, so you mm-hmm. get the actual MP, MSP for your area, who is the um, who is a first past mm-hmm. the post candidate. Mm-hmm. And then you also get the list seats. So every region, like the city of Edinburgh, has so many list seats. Mm-hmm. And those are given out based on people's preferences. So um, I say it's a good system overall. A really good system. And I think it probably better down over... Like, the advantage to the Westminster system is it's less democratic, but typically it's more stable. Parties can get absolute majorities and therefore pass... Like, governments can pass laws and things without a lot of the, the popular vote. However, there's a weird situation now where the Conservative Party has an absolute majority. They're absolutely untouchable in terms of being the mm-hmm. party of governance, but they're so unstable internally, and it's a, such a strange mix. Um, and I don't really see Labour as being much more credible or less divided at the moment. I definitely think that just a multitude of voices is the way to go. A rainbow coalition, as one might say. Yeah, national unity government. But then how unified is any government, I guess I would say. It's hard to say, isn't it? I know, it's very hard to say. It's how people feel about it as well, out on the street. I think the other thing is, people typically feel their governments are less... um, successful than they actually than are. Than what they are. People I tend mean, to be very negative about politicians. And a lot of it's legitimate, but people are, I think, overly negative when it comes to politics. It's hardly an easy job. I mean, it's weird. So often with prime ministers or heads of state or the governments, history tends to pass a judgment. Yeah. And that tends to be done in the future. So... I guess what I would say is, how would history see Bojo? I Mm. mean, was he effective in some ways? I often think it comes from, like, who who comes after. Yeah. Like, what comes after? Because was Boris Johnson effective in some ways? Was he effective for people that had businesses? Well, take someone like um, David Cameron. I think he was probably quite... like The way we're going to see his history has changed a lot. I think at the start, he'd probably be seen... Years ago, he would have been seen as a very successful prime minister. He detoxified the Conservatives, made them a lot more woke, a lot more... Appeared to be a lot Mm -hmm. more left-leaning. But then... Unfortunately, he had no balls when it came to Brexit. And he balls that up. I think he was going to be seen as quite a failed prime minister... Because his legacy is now, it would seem currently, if you look at it, is in shreds. But now he's been preceded by Theresa May and Boris Johnson, and he probably is going to look a lot more stable than that. Like, he resigned Mm -hmm. straight away. He might actually be remembered as a model of civic duty, that when the game's up, you get out with dignity at the first possible opportunity. Whereas everyone else tried to cling on and (laughs) fucking... Steered the party down. It's funny how history changes depending on events after. It's yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to see how he'll be remembered. And I guess because he'll Boris I, Johnson as well. I mean, to me, Cameron's gonna be remembered as the guy that took the UK out yeah. of the EU, right? And that he also went. 
he actually called for the vote and I don't think that he should have. I think he should have right. balls and said no. I agree. But in hindsight, if like he had said no, would that meant if would would that have meant that he had to resign? Uh no, I don't think so. I yeah, think that's the thing. But he not necessarily, possibly, but you know that's the part of leadership. You got to hold it together. And because statistically, I think he was told and he had convinced himself that they would win. That they would win, yeah. Because he never wanted the, because he never wanted the UK to leave the EU. No. So yeah, it's difficult. Maybe kind of what came after, like what you said, will make him in the historical sense be seen to be more stable. I don't know. It's really hard stuff. I mean, I think May had a really hard job and she was forced yeah. to really clean up a huge mess. And I don't really know what Johnson's done. I don't know what Johnson's actually done. How long has like Johnson much. been the PM for? Mm, was it 2018? So Earlier? he went 2018. Or was it 2018? Mm, uh, I can't remember. Actually. Because May wasn't Prime Minister for a long no. time and... And her kind of, and her, her kind of, well, not her reign. Her vision of Brexit couldn't get a lot of party yeah, support behind it. I mean, she was basically known for Brexit. And I don't think she really was Prime Minister. When was she? So from roughly 2016, was it to 2018? I forget her exact dates, but it yeah. must have been about there. So two years is not particularly long. So like Johnson served slightly longer. He served four years. I think he served four years, right? Boris Johnson's, I think, premiership can be... Like, how it's remembered could be viewed quite differently depending on what happens next. Like, you know, if there's a... Let's say the Labour government gets in, there's an election because of this, a Labour government gets in, if that Labour government is highly successful or the economy just does really well, then you're probably going to find it'll be remembered as this absolute, like, self obsessed kind of um like guy that just absolutely ruined everything and was holding the country back until Labour came in to save the day. Whereas imagine Labour comes in and like they implement some policies that are disastrous or is a really bad government or the world economy goes downhill. He could be remembered as a guy that tried so hard to save us from that and then like ultimately was kicked out by his own party who yeah. weren't prepared to accept how good the Labour Party is. That's true. That's true. So it could change depending. It could. It could. I just don't really have much hope for the leadership and the Conservatives. Yeah. I mean, Johnson, like you said, just looked up for himself. And he just kind of seemed to go from crisis to crisis. And he never really... Yeah, he just never really... I don't really know what he's done for the country as a whole. Um... I don't know. I don't know what he's done for the country as a whole. I guess he'll be remembered as the Prime Minister that has the fuzzy hair. Well, it's going to be a fun few weeks to find out. And just remember, he hasn't actually resigned yet. So he's still in power and he's got a long time to weasel his way in. And Yeah. Who knows what could happen if an escalation happens in Ukraine? Maybe he sticks around for a bit longer. Because he was forever there trying to shore yeah. up his international... Can I say one thing? Actually, I know we're coming to the end. We need to finish it. But I saw there's a hilarious thing I read the other day that, you know, that um, the new... So Rishi Sunak resigned. Mm-hmm. He appointed a new chancellor, mm-hmm. Nadine. Um, Nadine? I actually forget the MP's surname, but um, he 
appointed Nadine, and like as he was appointed, he said, "Okay, Nadine, you're going to be my new chancellor." Nadine goes, "Thank you very much." Boris Johnson says, "I need you to implement massive tax cuts to save this government." And mm-hmm. Nadine goes, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> he just fucks off, and then a day later, Nadine says, "You have to resign, PM." <laughs> like, <laughs> Really? Yeah. So he appointed him in the hope that he would like implement some really popular tax cuts that would yeah. save his government. <laughs> Just and he it said didn't no. happen. Yeah. So they're also self-seeking. Like you don't take a job like that just to get it and then say fuck you. Like I mean, I don't think that the, the interests of the people. Yeah, yeah I don't think that no. the interests of the people are really a concern. Obviously, if you're Bojo. taking a job from someone like that, there's something expected in return. If you're not prepared to give it, don't take the job. It's an absolute dis- They're all disgraceful. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it does leave the government and the country somewhat rudderless. Absolutely. And that's a problem. Still, but, uh, civil service is doing their... Crazy that the civil service was running departments on. without a minister in charge. That's crazy. Yeah, so what does that tell you? Civil that service the cabinet... running the country maybe isn't anything compared to bureaucracy. Yeah, right. Yeah, for everything people say about bureaucracy, yeah. <laughs> it tends to function quite well. Yeah, exactly. So, ending on that note, mm-hmm. ending on that cheerful, upbeat note, I guess the question is, who's going to be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? Boris Johnson. Bojo. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Ali Cat. And buy from Bampot Productions Podcast. Check us out at Bampot Pod on Twitter. At Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod. Okay. Okay, bye. bye.